1: This is My Guys in the Desert with Stormy Bonantoni
7: on VSIN, the v sports betting network.
8: Here we go, live as always from Circa Resort and Casino. It is a dark and stormy day in studio. If only we had a beverage here on set with us as well. But uh, for those of you who are watching on YouTube TV or wherever you may be watching, our lights are a little bit dimmer than usual, minor power outage. Uh, We still have internet, we still have all those good things can bring you the show today, but the light situation just a little bit different, but that's not gonna stop us from having a tremendous hour here on My Guys in the Desert. Friday. We have Adam Burke in studio He's going to join us in just a couple of minutes. Johnny Avello, director of sportsbook operations from DraftKings, going to take us behind the counter and closing out the show later on. VEASAN's own Ben Wilson, he and Adam doing great work together as well on the run line every Sunday, diving into different ways to bet this MLB season. But uh, yesterday, another very busy day in the sports world, and we will start our top five with a hectic night in the NBA. Did you hear that? I think it's alarm sounding in two NBA cities right now that had absolute meltdowns on Thursday night and let's start with Minnesota because there are plenty of stats to tell you how bad the Timberwolves choked in game three but the simplest one may be best Minnesota was up 16 heading into the fourth quarter got outscored 37 to 12 12. Fourth quarter points. The Timberwolves also led by 25 points two different times in the game. They ended up losing by nine. Incredible stuff. Grizz not only win, but cover. Total stayed under. Carl Anthony Towns scored just eight points for the second time in four postseason games. Now he's laid an egg. The T-Wolves are plus three tomorrow as they try to re-even the series Total. 232 and a half utah also not looking too hot the mavericks lead the series 2-1 after a 126 118 upset win on the road thursday as a seven and a half point dog and this all mind you without luka Doncic, the jazz's nucleus of donovan mitchell rudy gobert continue to prove they're formidable in the regular season but a massive playoff disappointment jazz plus 170 now to come back in the series they're a minus 300 favorite prior to game one in the set five point favorite to bounce back though Saturday. Another low total in that one of 212. The Warriors, meanwhile, crews a 3 nothing lead Thursday with a 118-113 win and cover as a two and a half point favorite in Denver. Total went over. Jordan Poole clearly on the star path, and what's even more clear, Joker can't do it all himself. Even with 37 points, 18 boards, and 5 assists, not enough to get Denver over the hump. Number two, looking at tonight's NBA slate, who will move ahead in their respective series? We're going to start things out with the Heat at the Hawks in Game 3. Atlanta down in the Series 0-2. 80% of the handle and bets on the Heat laying the points. 59% betting the over 221. Then we've got Bucks at Bulls Game 3 with the Series tied at 1. No Chris Middleton with the MCL sprain. Bobby Portis, however, we know hurt his eye last game. He was not on the injury report. 78% of the handle, 75% of bets on the bucks, most of the money taking the over 222 and a half. And then in the nightcap, Suns at the Pelicans in game three. Series also split at one with no Devin Booker on the court for the foreseeable future. 83% of the handle and 77% of bets still backing the Suns minus two. The Boston Celtics are close to becoming whole again. Looks like star defensive center Robert Williams could potentially play in game three of Boston series with the Brooklyn Nets. According to Sharania. Williams has been out since March 27th, dealing with a torn meniscus. No official decision on his return, though, has been made. Game three is tomorrow. Celtics three-point dogs, total 223. We have a literal he-said-she-said said in the NHL today with regards to the Vegas Golden Knights starting goaltender Robin Leonard. ESPN's Emily Kaplan reporting Leonard is under undergoing a season ending surgery for a lower body injury, according to her sources. While Pete DeBoer, when asked about the report this morning, responded to not to my knowledge is a maintenance day today. I expect him to practice tomorrow. I expect him dressed tomorrow. Leonard suffered the injury in a March 8th loss to the Flyers, has struggled in his five games since with an 889 save percentage in an attempt to return. His current backup from AHL affiliate Henderson, meanwhile, has won seven of his last 10 decisions with a 922 save percentage. It might be a better option to close out the year, regardless with a playoff spot on on the line and four games remaining last one here in our top five could kenny pickett fall farther in the draft maybe one nfc scout told nfl network's tom Pelissero, pickett lacks the physical traits to be a starting quarterback in the league and his hand size has been a concern for teams through the evaluation process always comes back to the small hand pickett fumbled 38 times in his college career and struggled to throw wet football at the senior bowl back in february the scout added the kids you love the production you love But it was really just this year. Physically, I don't see him as an NFL starting passer. His draft position over under set at 12 and a half. Now time to welcome in our guy Adam Burke. As promised, VEASAN betting analyst. Been covering just about every sport extremely closely so far, Adam. Especially the MLB. But with last night's NBA action being as crazy as it was. When I was watching that Grizzlies-Timberwolves game, I immediately thought of, you know that scene in Billy Madison where, um, you know, Adam Sandler's rambling on about the dog on that stage um, for the trivia contest, and then the guy who's doing the contest says, everyone in this room has now become dumber for having witnessed that. That's how I felt watching the game. It was so frustrating.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, look, I don't know how Minnesota bounces back from that. I really, truly don't know. At this point in time, Memphis probably wins this series in five. I mean, it was that devastating of an outcome for the Timberwolves. And, you know, look, I mean, Memphis is a really good team. We knew that. We've known that all year long. For them to kind of show that they could overcome adversity and play as well as they did in the second half, and as you mentioned, play as good as they did defensively in the Mm -hmm. fourth quarter, either they made an adjustment, they figured something out, or they're just going to kind of impose their will now. So I think that series is... Going to be over in five here.
8: Well, and that was kind of my question: is was it a better comeback for Memphis with the resolve that they have shown, or or just a bigger collapse on the Timberwolves side? The way that they just 25 point leads, you let up twice.
2: Yeah, I think it's a really fair question to ask. I mean, look, I would say it's more impressive that Memphis this late in the year against the Timberwolves team. That look, they came into the playoffs playing extremely well. You know, mm-hmm. they they won that seven versus eight game to get that seven seed. They'd basically been playing playoff basketball for a while just to get themselves in. Maybe that was just yesterday kind of the balloon deflating a little Mm -hmm. bit. You play at a really, really high level for a long period of time. I know you know this as somebody who follows the NHL very closely. Those seven and eight seeds that get in, Mm -hmm. they will give a one or two a scare Mm -hmm. because they've been playing for their playoff lives. They've been playing with that sense of urgency. The problem is when you kind of falter a little bit, then all that air goes out of the balloon, the wheels fall off the bus, any other expression you want to use – that's probably going to be the case here with Minnesota. No
8: and I know a lot has been made about the fact that there was not a timeout called during the 21 runs and I, I agree Obvi- like I'm sitting on my couch Joe Schmo, and I'm I'm rooting for the Grizzlies in this game and I'm asking how have they not called a timeout at this point yet. Um, interesting even a player didn't feel like they could step up and call a timeout themselves. If you got into the live betting on last night's game by the way Memphis as high as plus 18 and a half you could get live the money line value was off the charts. Um, we also saw the Jazz go down again and they're not getting cooked by Luka Doncic they're getting cooked by Jalen Brunson here of the teams right now who are down in their respective series obviously the Jazz Minnesota Denver Atlanta Brooklyn and Toronto which one do you think has the best opportunity to come back
2: you know look obviously having Luka Doncic on the floor makes Dallas a much better team but also when he comes back what does he look like you know how healthy Mm -hmm. is he and we know his usage rate is going to be high just because he's that kind of player. I think for Utah, I'm not saying that they want to see Doncic back in the lineup, but what I'm saying is that what Dallas is doing right now is working, kind of the all-hands-on-deck approach. They've figured out a way to adjust, figured out a way to overcome the Doncic injury. When he comes back, do they rely too much on him? Mm -hmm. Do they stop? You know, Everyone kind of pulls their own weight. I call it the superstar subtraction theory. When somebody goes out, everybody else kind of steps up. If Doncic is able to come back, Do you kind of lose that edge with his teammates and with the rest of the roster? I think that could very well open the door for Utah. So we'll see what happens here, but it was definitely important for Dallas to get game three to win one of those games in Salt Lake City, kind of take away that home court, the elevation advantage and all that.
8: That is a really interesting perspective. And you have to think in Utah, this is a team that had the third best point differential in the league in the regular season when Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert are healthy and have been on the court in the regular season. They've been incredible, but for whatever reason, the chemistry hasn't been there here to start this series. So maybe they pull it out here coming up. Jazz, like I said off the top, plus 170 to come back in the series. Um, let's look toward the NBA tonight because I don't think we need to look too much more into the Warrior series with how they have started off things with the 3-0 lead. Um, Suns Pelicans tonight without Devin Booker. How do you view this game?
2: Yeah, I mean, look, there's certainly a possibility, like we just talked about with with Dallas. You know, Doncic goes down, everybody else kind of steps up. The Suns have to be in that role tonight without Devin Booker, and it's tough, too, because Devin Booker's a guy that takes a ton of shots for this team. He's one of those guys with a very high usage rate, but somebody else will just have to step up, and obviously, you know, look, the market's kind of gone that way. There's still a road favorite against the Pelicans without Booker. Obviously, this line would be more like six and a half, seven, probably, if Booker was in there, but there's still some market confidence out there in Phoenix that they have the depth to overcome this, that someone's going to step up, fill that role, get those points. I can't disagree with it. I think Phoenix does win tonight because you kind of get everybody doing a little bit more.
8: And we saw the Pelicans last game shooting 55% from the floor, uh, 67% in the second half, 57% from three. I'm not sure how sustainable that is regardless of who's on the floor with Phoenix, which has been an elite team throughout the course of the season. Um, But all,
2: really good angle yeah that is a very very strong angle it's something i do with baseball all the time looking for areas of regression Mm -hmm. things that aren't sustainable aren't going to continue that's a really really sharp point by you that you know the pelicans are probably not going to shoot that percentage not even just in game three but probably not again in this series so that was kind of the peak for them the pinnacle of what they're capable of and if you know, they're not able to play at that high of a level, even without Booker. It's very tough.
8: I know we have to take a break here in a minute, but uh, Suns and bucks in very similar situations right now, both missing key players, Chris Middleton unavailable tonight uh, split in their series. What are your just initial thoughts? And we'll talk about this more on the back end, but just initial thoughts.
2: Yeah. I mean, initially for tonight in this Bucks and bulls game, I kind of like the under in this one because you don't have Chris Middleton for the Bucks, but also as great as DeMar DeRozan was in game two, he looked absolutely spent at the end of that mm-hmm. game. He looked gassed. He had no energy left whatsoever. Had 41 points, played, I think, 44 minutes in that game. I kind of look at the under tonight, thinking that DeRozan's probably not as effective. And the Bucks obviously... You know, Giannis is going to get double team. They won't have Middleton to go through. I like the under 222 and a half in that game.
8: You're not making me feel good about a point prop that I have in pocket already, but I'll, I'll worry about that a little bit later. Uh, more with Adam on the other side of the break. We are going to take a quick pause here. Step aside. Remember, if you missed any of this show or any show on the network, they are all downloadable now as podcasts anytime, anyplace. Make sure you become a subscriber to my guys in the desert, but we'll do MLB, NFL draft, as well as NBA. When we come back, don't go anywhere.
1: And then they're never at any of those. those. <laughs> nev-
0: yeah, exactly. And it comes time for the Grammys, and they lose out to, like, you know, Lil Durk. And you're like, see, I knew Lil Durk was better. Why are you, t- you telling me? See, the whole time. <laughs> and this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. I'm Dr.
9: Sanjay Gupta, CNN's chief medical correspondent, and this is Chasing Life.
5: Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids. <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today.
1: You're listening to My Guys in the Desert with Stormy Bonantoni on v the sports betting network.
8: Zin Nicotine Pouches, a fresh new way to enjoy nicotine. Nicotine pouches are smoke free and spit free and are made with food grade ingredients. Simply open the child resistant lid, place the pouch between your upper lip and gum for up to one hour of real nicotine satisfaction. Zin's available in 10 varieties and now two strengths. Three milligrams for fresh nicotine satisfaction and six for even more enjoyment. It's simple and discreet. You can enjoy Zin anywhere, anytime. Find your freedom, find your satisfaction, find your Zin. Visit Zin.com. That's Z Y N.com to learn more and find Zin Nicotine Pouches near you. Zinn nicotine pouches are only for adults 21 and up who currently use tobacco or nicotine. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Stormy Bon and Tony live from Circa Resort and Casino alongside Vison betting analyst Adam Burke. And we had some breaking news on the program. Sham Sharania tweeting that there is a fear that Philadelphia 76ers all-star Joel Embiid has a torn ligament in his right thumb. But Embiid's vowed to continue playing through the injury. Embiid will rely on his pain tolerance and the 76ers medical staff moving forward. Obviously, Philadelphia leads the series with Toronto three games to none. Adam, uh, should should he play through it here in game four, do you think?
2: I mean, I don't see why. I mean, I guess, look, you know, you want to end the series as quickly as you possibly can. But also, you know, I mean, do you, do you really need Joel Embiid in the rest of this series? Probably not. So, you know, I guess it's up to them. I mean, we don't know the nature of the injury necessarily or anything like that. If it's just a pain tolerance thing, then maybe they just monitor his minutes. But uh, obviously not a good thing going forward for the 76ers, for sure.
8: Yeah, especially since you feel like the Toronto Raptors coming into this series were such a hot, trendy underdog. A lot of people had them potentially winning the series. They had some unexpected injuries, absences from their team, and go down 3-0, and they talk about the cliche, a series doesn't start until a road team wins, and that's what you have with Philadelphia. It feels, like they're, it feels almost like they can't be stopped. Obviously, that's not true. Anybody can be, but it feels that way.
2: Right, yeah, especially in this series, and especially with this matchup, apparently, where you know we were talking about during the break, there were a lot of people that like Toronto, and, and here all of a sudden the 76ers out here to this three zero series lead. But with that being said, I mean they had to fight for that Game Three win, you know, so they're going to get Toronto's best effort. And I know there's been a lot of talk about you know betting teams in the first half; that are kind of backs against the wall in that "quote unquote" must win situation. All of that, you know, look if if they're going to monitor Embiid's minutes, maybe he misses a sizable portion of the second quarter in this game or something like that. So maybe this is one where even with a little bit of an inflated number on Toronto for the first half, it may still be something that you want to take a peek at.
8: I know the news just came out, but the number as of right now on the game is still 76ers as a three-point favorite in Toronto. Um, Let's keep talking, though, about tonight's action. One game we didn't get a chance to touch on is the Miami Heat and Atlanta Hawks as the series transitions to Atlanta. Um, Obviously, the Hawks down 0-2 in this situation. Trey Young hasn't played nearly as well as you would want or expect him to. This is a Hawks team that made a run last year and had some higher expectations, I would say, coming into this postseason than they did previously. Can they bounce back in game three?
2: I think there's a chance that they can. I mean, the difficulty for the Hawks is they are so dependent on Trey young Mm -hmm. and Trey young is a guy who coming out of that play in tournament. He just looked very tired. You know, in game one, he had no energy in the tank whatsoever. That was the game where they lost in blowout fashion. And not like, they played all that much better in game two, but now he's had two days off prior to this game, getting back home, getting treatment, all that. You know, one of the things that's really difficult about the playoffs across all sports is, is teams don't really practice a whole lot you know they don't really get a chance to get a good practice and in. in the NHL for example you know you play one night and they kind of give you a maintenance day the next day because it's so late in the year if you get a chance to get a good practice and kind of get everybody into a little bit of a rhythm maybe that's something that's beneficial to the Hawks here so it's a short number it looks kind of fishy only being mm-hmm. one and a half so I, I would lean with Atlanta thinking that Trey Young using the two days off can play a little bit better but you know obviously with the way the first two games went it's kind of a big ass.
8: And last game, it was largely the second half where he kind of fell apart. And me, at least, I came into this game betting. I bet Atlanta first quarter. I know a lot of people like first half as well in this spot. Down 0-2, backs against the wall, going back home. But I just did a first quarter bet here because I feel like they're going to come out the gate strong at home. And Trey Young has been better in first half than he has in second, at least lately. Uh, let's turn our attention though now to Major League Baseball because you have been diving all in on the analytics, my friend. Uh, maybe just some advice you. You can give betters off the top from whether it's trends that you have found or notable changes, anything like that.
2: Yeah, so there are a lot of things. I mean, league wide right now, offense is down and offense is down significantly. And at MLB random stats, Jeremy Frank actually tweeted this about a half hour ago. The league wide OPS, which is on base plus slugging percentage, is 677. It is the lowest in April since 1968. Oh. So we are not getting any offense so far this season. The ball is not traveling as far results on high velocity contact are down because you make quality contact, but the ball is not carrying. So, you know, we've seen a big decrease in home runs, a lot of low scoring games, pitchers that typically give up a lot of home runs are not guys that have bad command are kind of getting bailed out due in large part to the fact that they put a humidor in every stadium. Mm-hmm. So they're storing the baseballs in the humidor. They're
8: not just for cigars anymore. They're not ladies just and for gentlemen. cigars
2: anymore. No. So, you know, that's really increase the drag on the baseball. So it's not carrying as far. So we're not seeing nearly as much offense. This will continue for a little while. Once it warms up, the ball will start carrying potentially more in a lot of these ballparks now with the humidor. So it's almost going to be a tale of two seasons again, because major league baseball loves to change things around, fundamentally change the ball, all of that. So kind of have to handicap it for what it is now. But as we go forward, it could be a very different game in the summertime.
8: Very interesting. Interesting. Very, very interesting. Um, tonight, we have 15 games on the upcoming slate. No day baseball today, which is unique, I feel like, based on how things have gone lately. What's a, What are a couple games that you had your eye
2: on? Yeah, so one game I've got tonight, actually, is the New York Mets. They're a small favorite, taking on the Arizona Diamondbacks on the road. And the Mets have been a really, really good team so far this season. Some of their prices have maybe been a little bit inflated, but I don't think that today's is. You've got David Peterson on the mound for the Mets against Zach Gallen for the Diamondbacks. Zach Gallen is a really, really good pitcher. He shut down the Mets in his last start against them. But the thing about this game is Zach Gallen's only made one start this year. He went four innings. He had an injury in spring training that slowed him down. He's not going to work deep into this game. The Mets bullpen is significantly better, and I mean very significantly better than the Arizona bullpen. So to me, yeah, you could live in-game this and try that if you want to, But I just went ahead and took a position on the Mets pregame, minus 120, minus 125 in that range, just because if the two starters cancel out, and I think it's a possibility, it becomes a battle of the bullpens. One bullpen is a lot better, and one offense is a lot better. And it's the team laying the short price here in the Mets.
8: Mets, the only 10-win team in baseball right now. And you you talk, and also just full disclosure, I am actively rooting against the Diamondbacks every week because I do have them, uh, their season win total under. But the Mets also, so I bet, I bet the Mets and I bet Mets first five today. um, They have been so successful in the first five to start the year. They're 10 and four straight up. 10-2-2 10 2 and 2 in first fives. And ideally, maybe one of these pitchers goes out in the fourth inning and you get to the fifth and then maybe the Mets bats take hold then. Um that's at least my hope, my lean in tonight's action with this game.
2: Well, and the Mets starting rotation has been exceptional. Another great start from Carlos Carrasco yesterday, which as a Guardians fan is is great for me to see. I mean, he was a great teammate and obviously, you know, had the battle with Leukemia and, and all of that. Uh, but it's great to see him back healthy. Chris Bassett had a little hiccup the other day against the Giants, but he's been good. Max Scherzer, of course, is one of the best starters in all of baseball. They're doing this without Jacob DeGrom, too. So they're only going to get better uh, as this season goes along, which is kind of remarkable. But David Peterson is a guy that I like, extreme ground ball guy. The Diamondbacks do not string a lot of hits together, aside from their 11 run outbursts the other day. So I, I think it's a, a solid play there on the Mets.
8: Anything else that you've been looking at?
2: Yeah, there's another one I'm looking at here, and this line's actually starting to run out a little bit, and I did mention this one in the Daily Article over at VEASAN.com today.
8: VEASAN.com slash subscribe. Get in on it now.
2: Exactly. Uh, It's the Seattle Mariners. So Chris Flexen's on the mound tonight for them, and he is a completely different pitcher at home than he is on the road. And it's very important to keep in mind park factors as you're handicapping these games. Chris Flexen doesn't miss a lot of bats, doesn't strike out a lot of guys, but he's a fly ball pitcher in T-Mobile Park which suppresses power in a very, very big way. So his home road splits are very different, and his home splits are very, very good. They take on the Royals tonight. I don't really believe in Brad Keller. I'm not a Brad Keller guy for the Royals. The Royals' offense has been absolutely putrid to start the season. The Mariners, once again, have the better bullpen. If you're handicapping full games, you've got to handicap the bullpens. I still like this one. It's gone out to about minus 130, minus 135. I still think it's playable up to maybe minus 140. But, you know, hopefully you got in on it a little bit earlier with the publishing of the article earlier today.
8: I'm glad you brought up this game because I was going to ask you. I got bit by the Mariners yesterday, so I was curious if you thought that they could be in a bounce-back spot today. Uh, Another one real quickly before we have to step aside and take a break. Rockies-Tigers. I loved the boos from Tigers fans uh, intentionally walking Miguel Cabrera as he's looking for hit 3,000. Does he get it today?
2: He probably does get it today. I mean, Antonio Sanzatella is a guy that pitches to contact, a lot of ground ball contact. Uh, The Rockies, this was a really interesting game. I know we're running out of time here, but this line skyrocketed this morning with people backing the Tigers and Tarek Skubal on the mound. It's now been bought back. So I think it's a really intriguing line move because the Rockies are a good home team Mm -hmm. and a terrible road team. So I agreed with the initial move. I thought it made sense. Now the lines come back a little bit. Some interesting hijinks out there in the betting market today with a lot of big line moves, and now we're seeing some buyback.
8: I like that. Hijinks. Very fun. Hijinks
2: <laughs> on, on a dark and stormy day here <laughs> oh in the my studio. Goodness.
8: Yes, exactly. Uh, thank you, as always, Adam, for coming in. We appreciate the time. Coming up, I'm going to lay out my official bets for the night and weekend, and Johnny Avello of DraftKings is going to join the show. There have been a lot of injuries, as we have mentioned, taking star players out of these NBA playoff series. Is that deterring bettors from backing those teams? We'll find out on the other side.
7: see to my guys in the desert with stormy Tony on vsin the sports betting network
8: Baseball predictions made brighter. Join the Born in the Ballpark Challenge presented by Blue Moon to compete free for cash all season long. Enter weekly prediction pools to fight for your share of $62,500 in total cash prizes. Head to DraftKings.com slash Blue Moon now to join the action. Blue Moon made brighter. 21 plus and only. Terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Drink responsibly. And I love me a Blue Moon. Time for Taken by Stormy, all my in-pocket Bets for the night and coming up ahead tomorrow, we will start in the NBA. A lot of these have men- I've mentioned already. Atlanta in the first quarter money line tomorrow. I also have a short road favorite money line parlay using the two teams who duked it out for an NBA title last year in the Bucks and Suns. Phoenix, even without Booker, is elite. And as much as I love the story with New Orleans, let's not forget this is a group that was 10 games under 500 during the regular season. Similar story for Milwaukee, even without Middleton, hard to see the better team go down 2-1. With that said. Without Middleton, DeMar DeRozan seems to have a positive matchup advantage individually. So I did take him over the 28 and a half points, not saying he's going to put up 41. He's gone over this number though, more often than not in the season series with Milwaukee and consider the vol- volume of shots he's taking with 25 or more field goal attempts. He's 11 and two to the over. When you factor in him playing over 40 minutes, seven and three over that number in the MLB today, I mentioned with Adam, I'm going back to the Mets and the Mets first five. Well catch me on this every day and Carl Cardinals run line today plus 130 if you've been blindly betting against the Reds on the run line, which I don't recommend here. You're already nine and four on the season. Has a lot to do with the Reds' lack of offense. Um, and look into tomorrow, Mavericks-Jazz over to 11 and a half. And then rounding things out here in the National Hockey League, favorites have been cruising. The puck line parlay ended up hitting yesterday. We got a similar vibe here today at plus 130. The Wild to beat the Kraken in Minnesota, where they're just off the charts good and have been riding a hop streak. And the Caps puck line over the Ky- which is more of a fade of Arizona than anything else. They lost eight straight games, all but one puck line losses, and 15 of their last 17, all but two puck line losses. I'm also on the Avs, Oilers, under six and a half, which I know sounds s- sickening with the offensive powerhouses that these two teams are, but the last two meetings both went to overtime. were 2-1 and 3-2 finals. Teams gearing up for the postseason. I think we see more physical, gritty, tight checking games. Edmonton, six of their last seven have gone under. Johnny Avello, director of sportsbook operations, joined Joins us now and see what you guys do to me. The books, putting up numbers for everything. You're making me go wild. I'm betting
10: on everything now. Stormy, gotta keep you in business. <laughs> uh that's what we're trying to do this is all about stormy what can we do for stormy
8: what a guy what a guy um i want to make sure that we start here talking nba postseason obviously three more round one games coming up tonight and there have been a number of injuries to notable players coming up in these games where is the money going and have you seen any of those injuries detract betters from getting in on the action
10: uh, you know when you look at the lines there's not a whole lot of movement except for the the suns pelican game where we opened up uh the Pelicans one we're at suns two and a half but the money tonight on all three games is on the road favorite um and overwhelmingly so we're talking about like a 65 35 or 70 30 split so they like the they like the road favorites tonight.
8: I can understand why I just said I have that money line parlay with two of them. So um, clearly I'm with the masses, which I don't always like. Um, we did see some shakeup in the NBA futures market as well this week. Obviously the Nets going down 0-2 to the Celtics in their series. We talk about injuries, the Suns losing Devin Booker for at least a few weeks. Which teams in the long run are people betting on now that we have seen this movement?
10: Yeah, you know, they're still sticking. There were three teams that we've had quite a bit of action on over the course of the year that kind of putting us in a little bit of the hazard. That was the the Celtics, the Nets, uh, and the Warriors. And the Warriors now, are, they're the favorite. They're, they seem to be the team that is playing the best basketball of anyone uh, in a good position right now, up 3-0 in So the Warriors are the team now that uh, is still a hazard for us, continues to be a bigger hazard.
8: Well, and we've seen that cross over to the NBA Finals MVP odds board as well with Steph Curry now taking over that top spot in the favorite. Uh, Jason Tatum also made a huge leap, but it seems like Warriors players, Warriors to win it all has become much more popular with the way that they have put it to overmatching Denver that the way that they have early.
10: Yeah, you know, uh Curry's our favorite because of the way he's playing and where that team stands, but he doesn't have the most money on. The, the the three guys with the most money are uh Devin Booker, who's you know, we'll see what what this all means for him. Uh the Greek and uh and Tatum. Those three are the guys that have the most money on them in that market. So if Curry were to win it at this point, we're in pretty good shape with him.
8: Well, and Giannis and Devin Booker both have had their odds longer now. Um, Giannis from plus 600 to 9 to 1 now. Devin Booker with the injury also 9 to 1. So interesting for bettors to take a look at that. We also heard just a little bit ago, Joel Embiid has uh, put an injury on his hand that he's going to try to play through if he can. Um, but how about how about the way that the 76ers have come out against the Raptors with their 3-0 series lead to Toronto was obviously very trendy before the series, getting picked a lot. But the 76ers handling court
10: very trendy, but you know it's trendy doesn't get it done. The Sixers, uh, you know they've played real well since uh, you know the the acquisition of Harden. So everything's kind of seems to be working for them. Looks like that uh, was the right move at the right time. Uh, and we'll see if they'll, they'll continue. I would think this team's going to go deep into the playoffs.
8: Is anybody believing in the Memphis Grizzlies now with the incredible comeback they had last night? My goodness.
10: Uh, there's a little bit of belief there. A little, uh, bit. And, and let's face it, Stormy, that team had a very, very, uh, you know, successful season. So it's not like they're really sneaking up on anybody. It's, uh, you know, it's and it's a name at the Memphis. It just doesn't sound like it sounds like a a place you'd go to listen to music or see Elvis, but maybe not you know it's a team that you would consider a basketball
3: champion
8: johnny you're my favorite speaking of elvis by the way here in fabulous las vegas the nfl draft coming to town just less than a week away now um i know those of us that are here in the city like we feel all the excitement drumming up um around it but not as many notable big names big quarterbacks that we're accustomed to seeing in the nfl draft how's handle been compared to last year on your guys's end
10: I can tell you two things about the draft, Stormy. First of all, the handle's been a spectacular, spec- especially this week. We've had a real pickup and handle this week, and we've got a lot of content up there. Now, this is the question I have. Can we win at the draft? Because that's always been tough. The- The the players have seemed to have their way with, uh, you know, picking the right sides in in the draft.
8: Well, and, you know, it's a good question to ask from a bookmaker perspective or a better perspective, because it seems like over the last few years, we've known at least a few players and where they're going to go. Who's going to be top overall? We have no consensus top overall pick. We have no consensus top quarterback. Do you prefer it to be like this year? Or is it almost too hard to keep up with the rumors and reports?
10: I like volatility, uh, metamorphosis of markets. That's what I like to call it, Stormy. So, yeah, you know, anything that's kind of off the norm, always good for a bookmaker.
8: What have you made of the number change we've seen on Kayvon Thibodeau to go number two overall? Because he was plus 300 on Monday and obviously a drastic change here today.
10: Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> There's been a lot of guys in that number one spot. Uh, So there's been a lot of volatility there, which is good for us. Um, We seem to be settling in now, though, to a a number one pick, possibly, or at least between of a couple of guys. So um, we still need more volatility. Let's keep on rumors. More rumors, more rumors. Keep it going.
8: Yeah, keep it going. Aiden Hutchison, a minus 200 favorite to go number one overall, and Kayvon Thibodeau plus 150 to be the number two overall selection. Will there be opportunities to live bet during the draft, or do you have to get your bets in before Thursday night?
10: Well, you know, some states don't allow the the live betting, but uh, a good portion of them do, and the ones that do allow it, we're going to have it. So um, we did it last year. It was really successful. Looking forward to doing it again.
8: I got to ask you about the NHL four games left for the Vegas Golden Knights, trying to see what they can do to potentially squeak into the postseason. They're 35 to one to win the cup right now. Um, If they do get in, what do you think that that number would ultimately move to?
10: Well, it'll drop. But, you know, in order to get there, they have four games left. They have one at home, three on the road. I know one of those games against Dallas next week, and so that's a must win. But Dallas has four games left, and and all of them are at home. So it's not looking too good for the Knights. But if they do get in, uh, that number probably will drop to around 25 to 1. It hasn't been uh,
8: looking good for them for a while, Johnny.
10: <laughs> not not right now either. So let's keep our fingers crossed. We'd like the Knights to be in it. It's great for the town. And it creates a lot of handle for our our book and all the Vegas books also.
8: It certainly does. Uh, I know we're all pulling for them. Appreciate the time as always. We'll talk to you next week.
10: You're welcome, Stormy. Bye.
8: That's Johnny Avello, director of sportsbook operations over at DraftKings, always doing a great job filling us in on how the book is doing. Uh, Excited to welcome back on set when we return here to my guys in the desert Beeson's Zone. Ben Wilson in studio. Uh, Where has he found betting value this MLB season so far as well as week two of the USFL upon us? Favorites and unders went three and one week one. What'll happen this week?
7: Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me.
1: I love it. Check out point game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts.
7: It wasn't even supposed to be that's my, my day. My
1: <laughs> As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds,
3: it was shocking.
1: I have to know what were they thinking
5: Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids! <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today.
1: You're listening to My Guys in the Desert with Stormy Bonantoni on VCN, the sports betting network.
8: for the draft next week right here in Las Vegas. We have a special draft preview show on Sunday at 6 p.m. Tim Murray and Sean King going to break down all the first round prospects and props. Expert guests, including legendary broadcaster, the man who created my guys in the desert, Brent Musburger, former NFL GM Michael Lombardi, as well as former NFL lineman and TV host Mike Golick and Mike Golick Jr. VEASAN's draft preview special again Sunday at 6 p.m. exclusively right here on VEASAN. And don't forget to download our NFL draft betting guide as well, featuring the best bets, mock drafts, and everything you need to score big at the draft this season. Download it today. Just $10. Go to vison.com slash draft for more information. Stormy Bon and Tony alongside the man, the myth, the legend, Ben Wilson something in like studio back here on a Friday. <laughs> back. Something like that. And we're back. Love it. Uh, host of the Run Line here on vison Sundays 5 to 7 p.m. Pacific, 8 to 10 Eastern. He is a host, producer, analyst, play-by-play man. You do just about everything.
10: Yeah, let's
8: go. And you're hitting the road tomorrow?
6: Yeah, a little 6.30 a.m. flight to Green Bay, Wisconsin, my home state, calling indoor football league action.
8: How's everything been going with the Nighthawks? Uh, The night,
6: the inaugural season of the Nighthawks, it's been interesting. You know, ups and downs, it's a brand new team. So, and there's that pressure, like when you're in the Foley Entertainment Group thing, where you're under, and they're owned by the Vegas Gold Knights, there's that expectation of like, oh, that Vegas Golden Knight team did it five years ago. So should it automatically any other expansion team do the same thing?
8: Obviously, you have to win everything. Um, Henderson Correct. Silver Knights did get off to a good start themselves, too. So the pressure is on. Uh, we will talk yeah. about a new league as well, the USFL. Um, week two, getting started in just a little bit. We'll talk some MLB. But I know uh, last week when we were talking about the Bucks and Bulls NBA series, we were talking about those mm-hmm. exactas. the sweep no longer in play for Milwaukee. No, but 4-1... Still alive? Uh, Do we get there? I mean, we're
6: hanging on by a thread. <laughs> and, uh, we, we've got a, we've got a, I guess, small hope, but I'm not, I'm not like too optimistic. I will say this though, for tonight, everybody, and I certainly, Chris Middleton, it's a big loss. We can't understate that. But he had not looked 100. percent They even said that on the broadcast mm-hmm. throughout Game Two that Middleton, it was, it was kind of odd, and, and he's been. If you look at some of his advanced numbers, he'd been in somewhat of a shooting slump anyway, kind of down the stretch from Milwaukee. And I just felt like in general, Stormy, that was one of those game twos where, yes, you lose one of your, you know, your core three pieces in Chris Middleton. However, it was like that is the ultimate qualifier of a wake up type performance you could ever possibly have. If you're the Bucks, you had just beaten Chicago 17 of the last 18 times you had faced them. You played as bad of a game as you possibly could in game one. And you still pretty comfortably won, even though that game was tied with five minutes to go. And game two, you got you were within two, despite just playing horrifically on both sides of the ball. And then Middleton goes out. So to me, I I do get the sense of like a kind of a, you know, sky falling narrative here with Milwaukee that I don't, based on the matchup specifically, assuming that they make those adjustments defensively Mm -hmm. on DeMar DeRozan, where he just walked into like, you know, 20 different 16 footers wide open and hit a lot (laughs) of them. Assuming those adjustments are made and considering we, like we saw kind of a laissez-faire Giannis approach in game two, where he was kind of just biding his time, waiting to attack. When he finally started attacking, like the Bulls have no size to actually defend him, and to me, in a, at least in this specific matchup, I just I feel we're making a little much of the Middleton injury for one game. Not that I expect mm-hmm. the Bucks to just coast here and win the next three games and, and cash our four to one bet. It's, it, it feels a little a little much on the overreaction to Middleton.
8: Yeah, and I know a lot of people here at the network at least are high on Milwaukee minus the two and a half today. I played it safe and just have them money line. I did them yeah, in a parlay sure. today, um, just feeling a little bit safer on that side of things along with the Suns. Those are kind of the way that I paired that together. Um, but I think that Milwaukee still, for whatever reason, for as good as they've been in the regular season, and we've seen them at their peak, has still not put together a complete game. And I don't know why they haven't come out as efficient as we are used to seeing.
6: Right. No, it's bizarre. And what's interesting is if this game were to be taking place a series like last year where there were so many doubts on Milwaukee, and they did a lot of the same things we saw at the end of the year, was really inconsistent play. You look at some of their advanced numbers. They're one of the worst defensive teams in the in the NBA the last month stretch. And we had all these questions last year, and it was like, all right, They've, they've sat Giannis too much in these playoff games. Mike Boonholzer has not been able to make any adjustments. It is amazing, though, what actually getting through, how, you know, however you want to describe it, however lucky they got that Kevin Durant's foot was barely on the line last year. But when you get through a series like that and then you win an NBA championship, there's just this kind of different aura about them where, like, you're right. If you look at the, like, the actual statistical base numbers, it's not a lot different from last year. And there's a lot of things that you could be sounding the alarm at right now mm-hmm. It's just they carry themselves so much differently because of that championship medal. And even without Chris Middleton, the supporting cast they have is deeper and better than it was at the same time last year, where they've got more options. And that's why that's exactly why I'm not panicking. Even though, again, like you point out, the numbers, if you're just doing a purely numbers-based play, like it doesn't really dictate... Uh, being like, okay, everything's right with this team because you're yeah. you're correct. They hasn't they haven't put it all together.
8: It is so funny, Milwaukee and Phoenix, two teams that were doubted so much last year, both now have all the pressure and now on kinda, them.
6: We just sort of pencil <laughs> them in. We're like, all right, yeah. these teams are going to figure it out, and they each have you know one key guy out. Exactly. Crazy how that works. Uh,
8: USFL, just to pay off the tease here, we went from we know nothing, <laughs> odds makers know nothing. Now we have a little bit of a baseline. We know everything. Here. Yeah. I don't know about that, but favorites did go three and one Mm -hmm. last week. Unders as well, three and one. Our strategy
6: was four and four.
8: Uh, I know, dang it! Come on.
6: Uh, I mean, props to producer Steph for having the gumption to throw an eight-leg parlay in with every every strategy we talked about, and game one just went nuked to the over.
8: Producer Steph's (laughs) a wild woman. We do have one game tonight, though. Uh, Michigan Panthers taking on the New Jersey Generals at 5 p.m. Both teams lost their respective openers, but the Panthers. Obviously, there was a lot of hype on them. Mm-hmm. Uh, they come out losing, and they're an underdog now here in week two.
6: And th- this is actually, so this is actually the one game I do like uh, this week more than more than the rest here. Ooh la la! And it's uh, ooh la la indeed. But it goes back to like we had the whole we know nothing conversation <laughs> last week. And what's funny is while these lines, like I wouldn't say that there's much of a you know preseason basis for these lines are going, but there's still like a little bit of implicit bias from the preseason. And I remember, you know, we sat here right after the draft and thought, okay, like really Michigan, number one, like they had the number one pick overall. They were essentially the most hyped team just because they had Jeff Fisher, a coach who mm-hmm. was basically a career eight and eight guy in the NFL. And they had the number one pick. So they drafted Shay Patterson and Paxton Lynch, who are two like third string NFL quarterbacks, essentially. Their roster is awful around that. <laughs> like it's just, the team is terrible. I mean, they were down 17, <laughs> nothing against Houston. Like the game was over and you're watching Jeff Fisher like, what have you been like? You've just been fishing in Montana basically for the last three years. Like, what has this guy been doing? Meanwhile, New Jersey, who again, for reasons that are unknown, were kind of penciled in as like, oh, this team's going to be awful. There's really no talent on the roster. And you watch them, they lose to Birmingham, but 28 24. Luis Perez, who for people who follow these kind of secondary league Stormy was like a legitimately solid quarterback with the New York Guardians of the XFL in 2020, played in the AAF. He was one of the best quarterbacks there. Like, they've got some pieces on that roster. And DeAndre Johnson, too, is kind of a dual threat option. They rotate in. So, like, it's actually a weirdly difficult team to try to defend. And to me, like, they're in a much better position. Just, like, as a, you know, you talk about these franchises and you're one of this rebooted league, They're in such a better position to me than Michigan. And, this like, New Jersey is, I would, that's the team I would play here. It's only laying a point, basically, a yeah. pick them. I just think we're go still not dis- we're still not just discounting like how bad this Michigan team is, and there I, there is still a little bit of that preseason implicit bias. I believe still kind of factoring this line. And I,
8: I blame all of us because we should have known better than a hype of Michigan team in general, right? <laughs> uh, that's so bad. There I shouldn't go. have said that. I shouldn't have said that. You,
6: we Pro- all agree.
8: Props to you though um, on your Jordan Tomu. you He ended yeah. up having like the best quarterback day of anybody. So I,
6: I mean, he was by the deep dive numbers like the best XFL quarterback yep. in twenty
8: XFL. Former Ole Miss guy, yeah, um, big ob- fan. Obviously, like I said off the top, Ben Wilson here, host of the Run Line on Sundays on Beeson and uh, MLB action today, all evening games, fifteen game slate. What do you like?
6: We got a lot. Uh, I will look at the Milwaukee Brewers Philadelphia Phillies uh, game here, and so I know you were just talking with with Adam, and we've been having this you know, super nerd fest discussion on, on our our Sunday show. You guys night are show. getting
8: deep into analytics. Oh, too. it's
6: like it's it's a whole. You guys other
8: gotta world. check it out. You can download it as a podcast too, anywhere you get your podcast. Yeah,
6: at you helping us out so but a lot of what I'm looking at early is is either a I'm really handicapping starting pitchers here to begin the season where it's like guys who I was either high on and and the market has not really come around to a guy like like Logan Gilbert of the Mariners great example like a young up-and-coming guy nobody really knows him but his numbers are legit and in certain matchups the market has been mispricing him he was you know only a minus 140 favorite the other day against the terrible Rangers team and, and they won that game easily I'm also looking at guys like in that kind of bounce back mold who have gotten off to slow pitching starts, but again, this was always to be expected because of the truncated spring training. Freddie Peralta is one of those guys tonight where he's been horrible in his first two starts. I am generally of a, all right, this, like this guy had a historically good batting average against last year, 185 taking on a Philadelphia team that has been super inconsistent. And I know Adam has talked about Mm -hmm. the market's been overvaluing Philadelphia pretty much all year so far. And and, I mean, they got crushed again this last week in uh, Colorado so they're a favorite with, uh, with Ranger Suarez on the mound against Freddy Peralta. This is still a top 10 pitcher to me, Stormy, in the National League. And now you're a dog in this spot with an offense that finally woke up in a sweep midweek against Pittsburgh. So that's a classic case of, I'm not ready to just say because this guy got off to a slow start with two bad starts, he's just done for the year. And those are the types of spots I've been looking at. That's my favorite one for tonight. I
8: absolutely love the perspective. I am also, as I mentioned earlier, fading the Reds tonight on the Cardinals' keep doing run line. It. Just Keep fading. Fate Pete Rose head.
6: better get some to again tonight he on, did? Our, on our podcast. Well, yeah. we
8: did great on the Dodgers last week. Me and Pete Rose, let's do you it again Keith. today. Let's go. Thank you, Ben. Appreciate Absolutely. you coming on uh, again. Check out the run line on Sundays, 5 to 7 p.m. Pacific. Danny Burke and Rush Hour are coming up next. Have a great weekend. Good luck with your bets.
4: Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zikazoo.
5: It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Videos moderated by real people who review content before it's posted to the feed.
4: Love the dance challenges.
5: <laughs> I love that it's kid-safe, coppa certified. Uh,
4: I don't know what that means.
5: It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids. <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. Saturdays are for sunshine, especially for your ears.
9: With another election, ongoing wars, and natural disasters, we know the news can be a lot to take in. And we're determined to share the bright side of humanity. Every Saturday, take a breather from the headlines and hear all the uplifting happenings across the world with Five Good Things, a new weekend edition of CNN Five Things. That means you can find this goodness in the same feed as Five Things. Listen to Five Good Things on the iHeartRadio app.
2: Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call.